Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get on the floor! What's up, people? <laughs> you gotta give it a little more energy. What's up, people? Know? There it is. <laughs> This is You're Not Listening, the podcast that teaches you how to what? How to actively listen. How to actively listen to music one song at a time. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. I am Sean's uh, dad, Jim. Dad wanted to do the intro today, but he only wanted to say what's up, people. What's he didn't up, want people? to do the whole thing. I told him, you got you to gotta commit. Yeah. I'll have if you're going to do it, just, you got to do it. I, I'll have to write it all out so I can I can say it if it's right there in front of me. I have no problem with it, but you just have, you have to kind of get into it. Because it's a, it's a script with you. You don't even think about it. It's just natural because you said it so many that's times. What, because it, you know what it is? It's because that's what I do. Yeah at my job with another podcast right. and it's not too different right. I mean, my other one i think i've said it on the show before my other one is hey everyone thanks for welcome hey everyone thanks for listening to this episode of the aquademia podcast i'm sean o'laughlin i'm justin i'm maddie yeah. yeah yeah and today we're blah 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 blah. that's like every time and yeah. so ours is not too far off from that but I, yeah. I get used to you know it's like a muscle memory <laughs> thing almost. yeah same thing when i was djing it was always the same words you know whenever you open up and did announcements and all that kind of stuff but i'm not right. there yet so I'm still a rookie. Well, we'll what's up? We'll people? get you there. What's up, people? We'll, we'll get you there for sure. So, got a couple songs today. Uh, we tried to record last night and had some technical issues. So, but fortunately, we didn't get very far. Unbelievable. But we're back in it. And and you know something that we said in our our missed recording or non recording last night was we we first did what we always do and apologized for taking so long to get another episode out. But then we kind of accepted that like our lives are busy. Yep. And, and it's not COVID know, anymore, so we're not home all the time either. Yeah, we're kind of, you know, right now we're kind of averaging about an episode a month, which is really kind of all we're able to do. If we can get more episodes out, we will. Uh, we are still planning on doing a Christmas episode. Yep. We're going to probably record that a couple days from now, uh, and we're going to get that out before Christmas. So we will have a Christmas you, special. Do not worry. That's you, something we will always do. But you know what's cool is I, I have had people either write me on, on different social media sites, or even when I saw them, I saw my, my mechanic yesterday. And he said, hey, when's the next episode coming? So people are asking about it, which is nice. So there is- Yeah, I know. I mean, I, we, we, I get feedback too. We get people talking about it. And I know, I, I really appreciate everybody listening and, and asking when the next episode it's is. Awesome. And, and I love that. And I, I love that you guys listen. And I, I feel bad that we can't get it out as often as possible. But, you know, life is just so crazy yeah. busy. I got three kids. Got you got three kids, job. four and under, man. So We're, we're both working full time here. Um, Not for long. And, and you know this is like research. This this takes time to listen, and and jot down our notes and kind of you know find the time to do it. 
So um, and it's mostly it's also free. So so you get what you get, and you don't get upset. <laughs> you're getting. You're all getting your money's worth. I promise you. You hey, are you want to before money. we go into the songs? You want to tell them about uh, what we did two weekends ago? Yeah, sure. sure. Um, if you're following us on social media, you probably saw, but um, we went down to Cape Cod, took a long weekend down in the Cape. I brought all three of my girls down and my wife. We all went and met uh, mom and dad down there. Stayed at this hotel that we used to stay at all the time growing up and went to a show at this fairly new blues club called The Music Room. Yeah, it was great. Really, room. really cool place down in Yarmouth, Mass. And uh, they look, I mean, this place is legit and the room sounded so good. Oh, great So acoustics. if you are in Cape Cod and you get a chance to go see some music at, at The Music Room, definitely do it because it's a really cool atmosphere. We got to see our old buddy Rev. We saw Reverend Peyton's big damn band. We got to see spend some time with him and Breezy and Max. And um, yeah, just had had an awesome time. It was a hell of a show. Uh, actually, the last show on their leg of that tour because they ended up canceling the show afterwards, which is too bad. But we just had a great time. And he's a you know they're great musicians and they're great people. And and it was really fun. So uh, check out our social media for some pictures and a couple of video clips from that. And make sure you throw some love. Uh, towards Rev, yep. Breezy, and Max because they they actually just canceled their European tour that they're about <sighs> to go big out hit on. Too. So yeah, so you know, musicians and, and performers. Bookings. Every time there's a new wave of this of this pandemic, you know, the the artists get hit really hard yep. because they they rely on live performances, especially now that you can't really sell CDs as well as people used to. So right. send some love to to some of the independent great, musicians. That great you guys Christmas follow. gifts if you go and, and uh, support those guys. Yep, for sure. Yeah, they were, they were so nice. I mean, Rev was really good. And when we had him on as, in the podcast, um, it was funny because he just kept talking and talking and talking, which was awesome. Um, and Sean and I just kind of let it go. Like, this is great. Just let him tell stories. And he just seemed like the most genuine guy. And it was confirmed when we met him in person and, and Breezy and Max and everybody else. And, you know, Max connected with me uh, and Shane also, their, their tour manager, who was like the greatest guy as well. Um just connected with us on uh, on social media. Um, the opener, this um, this really wonderful uh, woman singer. She's now listening to the podcast. So, like all that stuff is all important to make sure it kind of work together on stuff. So mm-hmm. we, yeah. Her name was Natalia Rose Bonfini. Um, I think that's how you pronounce it. I correct me, Natalia. Yeah. But check her out on uh, on social media and stuff. She's really. I'm. She's on Spotify too. So d- definitely check out her stuff. She's a really good musician, good s- singer songwriter. Yeah. Great, great uh, and, presence. Great, yeah, great personality. Yeah. great stage presence, and just you know, kind of a fun person to be around. So, Natalia, if you want to, you know, come on the show and talk about music, talk about some of your music or some that you love, reach out to us at YNL Podcast, uh, or you know, you're connected with us on Facebook already. So, right. make sure right. you. Uh, yeah, so it was a good weekend. That was fun. And then last weekend, great. I went to see my boys, the Stompers, in their final show after 44 years. Mm-hmm. They're shutting shutting it all down, going off and doing other musical ventures and stuff. So. <coughs> that was that's interesting. Another one. That's another one. We'll have to get Sal on the show. Yeah, Sal, Sal, Dave, both just said they'd come on. You know, I already spoke to him about that, so we can get them on here too. Sal's Beautiful. got a lot of new things going on as well, so I'm sure he'll. He's always got something. He's always got some yeah. new album coming out or yeah. a new band that he's in. Yeah, he just crazy he, talent. He's always always playing. So and the other yeah. thing so, is, we, I think we should reach out to uh, to Oz. Maybe see if we can get him in. He's going back in in it at, back in Nashville, right? Yep. So we yep. can get some of those guys. So good. So. For sure. So yeah, so with the new year coming, you know, we're going to do our Christmas special next. That's going to be the next episode. You can look forward to that. It's not going to be a countdown episode or anything like that. I think we're each going to choose a song like we normally do, like we did for Halloween, right? And yep. uh, 
and we'll just talk about some holiday music because now Thanksgiving is over and you can play holiday music. That's right, officially. It's okay. We went really hard. Like when we got home from your house after Thanksgiving dinner, like the the girls went hard on on Christmas. Oh, they did. Okay, good. Oh yeah. So we're we're right right in the thick of it now. Mom's been going hard on it since um, um, Halloween. We've yeah, that's too much. Music every day no, in the that's, car. that's too much. You need that <laughs> separation, right? So that's going to come up, but then we are planning on having some guests on the show uh, in the new year, some musicians coming on to talk about their music and music that they love. And uh, it's going to be, it's going to be good. Yeah. And like I said, I can't promise that we'll get episodes out every week. You know, we're going to do them when we can. Uh, and I apologize that it's not very consistent, but you know, we're, we're doing what we can. We do this because we love to do it and we need to find, just find the time for it. So. Yep. Uh, thanks for bearing with us. And, and uh, also, before we get into the songs, we've been going for a long time before we even started talking about what songs we're doing. But I want to thank everybody that's in the discussion group on Facebook. That's a really cool place. Uh, it hasn't been super active lately, but uh, the last few days it's kind of picked up a little bit. Dad's been doing a, a Christmas music advent calendar, giving giving people a different day. You know, someone can share a Christmas song every day. And uh, I've seen a bunch of people that j- recently joined the group. So I want to say thank you for joining and welcome. And please don't be shy in there. Talk about, you know, share anything that you love. Share share music that you love, songs that maybe you think people don't know or that people might think is deep in the cheese. Just share them and let's talk about it because we love we all love to talk about music. That's why we're here. Deep so, in the cheese. You had a good, we haven't used that in a while. That's good. Deep in the cheese. I, I don't think my song tonight is, is in the cheese. <clears throat> Lost in the sauce. No, not at all. Well, no, no. I mean, the the artist maybe lives, yeah. he, he like lives with one foot in the cheese, but You're, this is not. Um, foot and a half, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe like ankle deep in the cheese, yeah. but this is not a very deep, cheesy song. I will uh, say that song. this artist is the one artist of two that, and and, and uh, it was both of us, but it was mostly mom, that was prohibited that we could, we told the DJ, you can play anybody, but just not these two people. One was ABBA, and the other one was the artist you chose tonight. Yeah. So you, you, let's be honest. Everyone knows what I'm doing. I said it in the last episode, and it's in the episode title. I'm doing Neil Diamond. <laughs> yeah. My my song that I'm I'm doing is Holly Holy by Neil Diamond, which is supposedly his favorite song that he's written. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And and Beautiful I saw. Song. I, I wrote down a quote last night, and of course I got I deleted it because it was on my work computer, and I just. It was in my way with all my other tabs and open. Someone messed you but up with your technology problems. Also. I, I had a, I saw a video where he played it live and he was talking about it beforehand. And he said something along the lines of um, like, this song is about the flow and the feel that the, it's, it's not about the words. It's about the, the feelings that the words create. And he said, you don't listen to this song. You feel this song. And I think that's really pretty Interesting. accurate. Interesting. Um, what song are you doing before before we get into? I'm doing uh, "Fool in the Rain" uh, by OAR um, and Robert Randolph. Yeah, it's and a, that's cover a cover of the Led Zeppelin, the Led Zeppelin, song. Zeppelin song. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I'm I'm so, really conflicted um, between the OAR and the Led Zeppelin stuff. So I'll talk a little bit about that as well. But I'm going to make yeah, a bold statement. To... A bold statement tonight. Yeah, I think I know what it is, and I think I'm going to agree with it. Mm-hmm. Which uh, you know, the the reason we don't give out our address on the show, you know, we don't need any missiles flying towards our house because there's some people. There's going to be some strong opinions. This is this yeah, episode. this is going to be one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. um, so I want to talk about my song first uh, because it's a little shorter. It's a little it's a little quicker. Um, and this is a song. Apparently, it, it, I mean, it went platinum. Yeah, it is a, a well-known song, but when, I had when he not was heard big, he was song. big. Everything he did yeah. went huge. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I, I had never heard this song before, 
Really? And I was watching um, the limited series on Netflix called Midnight Mass, which is um, by, I don't remember his name, but the same guy who who wrote and, and produced and directed the um, Haunting of Hill House and the Haunting of Bly Manor. And he's just a really, really good storyteller. I'm talking like master storyteller. Really, really good. And so this show, I was just really, really in into it really hard. And this song came on at a time in in one of the episodes, actually episode three, and it just was like this beautiful little perfect moment because it matched what was happening on the screen so well. Basically, to give a background, you know, there's there was a, a lot of bad luck in this town where it takes place, and then um, I don't want to give the synopsis, but basically at the time that this song played in the show, there were these miracles that started happening in the town and, and people that were, you know, there was one girl who couldn't walk, she was in a wheelchair, and then she finally just started walking one day she was able to walk and like people's injuries were, were healing and people were starting to connect and, and you know, their lives were turning around and getting every, and there was this happiness starting to spread. And, uh, this song played and as it built up and you saw these things getting better and better, it just was this kind of perfect cinematic moment that I thought was just really, really beautiful and really cool. And so what I'm going to do, um, dad, when we, Instead of just listening to the song, I'm going to share my screen and we're going to actually watch the okay. scene that this this song is in so you can get that same kind of feel that I had when I was watching it. And remember that when I watched this for the first time, it was the first time I had ever heard this song. So this was Yeah, my... I think that's going to be interesting to hear your take on it versus my take on it because of that. Because yeah, I know, I know I mean, the song well. Yeah. yeah, and this is, I mean, so this is the context in which I first heard this song was this, this TV show. So wow, it's kind of cool. Um, so go ahead to the uh, Spotify playlist, which I need to update with all the songs from the last like four episodes. <laughs> or click the link in the show notes to listen to it on YouTube. This scene uh, is not on YouTube. You have to watch it on Netflix because the scene itself is not available on YouTube. But, um, but it's more about the, the song. You can, yeah, you can listen to it on YouTube and then come on back and we'll talk about it. What do you think? Well, I mean, it's a great song. I mean, it, it, when you put it to any kind of video like that, it's really, it's really cool. Um, it's it's pretty powerful in that show. Well, so what was your? I mean, were you like, what is this song? This is perfect. Who is this? And you did you research oh, I it? Neil, I mean, you I saw the album and I know his voice. I mean, he's oh, yeah, got yeah. such a distinct voice. Yeah, true. You know, yeah. you know who Neil Diamond is Neil. I want to party with you. You know, everyone knows who Neil, <laughs> Neil Diamond is. So I knew it was him. I, I knew it was him. But in the beginning, I was just like, meh, okay. But then yeah. by the end, I mean, the way that he matched up what was happening on screen with what was happening in the song, you know, like when they show the church in the middle of it and yeah. there's like a handful of people in there, like it's not full. And then in the in near the end of the song when it's a big with the yeah. chorus singing and everything, and then Everybody, they show yeah. the church again from the exact same angle and it's got like three times as many people right, in it. Right, that was Because the image, of right? all these things that have been happening. Like it's just, it's just really well put together and I thought it was really, really beautiful. I thought the song matched so well with it that I was just like, this is just so good, you know? Um, and so I have and, a few things in the song. And but, it's one of those songs that a lot of people would just kind of glance by and not even pay attention to stuff. And then, yeah, it kind of gets revisited when, when you see it in that kind of image. So, right. And people yeah. my age may, like, there may be a lot of people my age that don't even know that song. No. That have never if, heard it. When you think of Neil Diamond, think of Sweet Caroline, that's it. I mean, he had a ton of hits that people right. don't know about. Great, crazy good voice. About halfway, three quarters of the way through his career, and Mum always references he he stopped singing and starts talking his songs. Uh, he he that was like a thing. <laughs> yeah, 
And and right, like like the Bob Dylan probably started that, right? Right. And and prior to that, his voice was really good. I mean, he just had such such good pitch. And well, I think this song is a this, really testament to the clarity of yeah. his voice and the yep. uniqueness of it. But it's like it, he makes it feel so easy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's an easy voice. It's kind of like I feel like you like there are artists where like it sounds like it's easy, like Van Morrison makes things sound easy but like when you listen to his voice if you really listen to it it's like it sounds like he's working pretty hard yeah you know and i feel like neil diamond just it doesn't sound like he's working hard it sounds like it just kind of oozes out of him you know yeah Yeah. we can have another whole episode just talking about that too right about people who just you know it comes natural to them yeah sam cook adele you know Mm -hmm. Uh, i feel like adele works pretty works pretty damn hard for those notes lady gaga maybe yeah but opens her mouth and just beautiful stuff comes out. Yeah, Lady Gaga, you know, she's on another level. Nat King Cole, who is the master. I think he's one of the best vocals of all time. I, I What I like is there's like a there's like two conflicting feelings in this song, right? Like if you listen to the beginning. I forgot it started like this. It almost sounds like a, like a Western. Yeah, it's got this. Right. The spaghetti it's, western. <laughs> it's yeah. Let me see if I can. Dun dun dun. It's that. It's a little bit dark sounding. Yeah. Yep. But it's contrasted by the vocals, which are very bright sounding, and they're very, especially once you get the backup singers. It's like it has this it, a very gospel kind of hopeful yep. sound to it, which is they they keep doing that dark sounding bass line underneath the vocals which i think is kind of a cool contrast i can try to find an example of that later it's kind of of cool again if you think about the images that you just showed me have that really dark baseline makes sense you know Mm -hmm. what's the 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 whole series is what is it like a horror thing or is it a uh yeah it's it's like a drama a supernatural drama okay with horrific like elements right like yeah like there's the whole thing, and I don't want to spoil it because I think people should really watch it, but it yeah. involves a creature that either it's an angel or it's a monster, and you never okay. really get that clarification by the end. And it's it has more to do about belief and faith than anything else, but there's there's definitely a, a darkness to it. Yeah, like you saw, like you saw some of the images in that scene. Like there was that really, you know, jacked up creepy woman that showed up at one point and that's, yeah. that was like PTSD from that character had mm-hmm. um, killed a girl in a drunk driving accident and that was the the opening image for the show is that is her you know and you see her and then she basically haunts him throughout this yeah. show nice like okay. that's part of it so that's why there's like there's these horrific elements that show up but I wouldn't call it like a horror like a straight up horror show. Not a horror film but it's not a religious film it's a it's supernatural kind of thing. It's like a supernatural yeah. drama okay, cool. um and it's just it's just a really good story. Cool. I All definitely right. recommend everybody watch it. So one thing that I pointed out last night I made these notes last night and I don't really remember exactly what they all are <laughs> because I was ready to do it last night but yeah. um I have a, a 48 seconds in is is when you first hear the choir come in. And I think that's what kind of sets the tone from that kind of Western sound to a little bit more of that gospel. And it, it I love how this song builds. And yeah. like, that's when it starts to build. 
Yeah, it's very atmospheric at this point. It just kind of builds from there. Well, that's yeah. what he, you know, that's what he said. It's not about the words. I don't even know, like, what does holy holy mean? What, it doesn't even mean anything. No. But mm. it it's the way that he says it and the way that the chorus sings it behind him that I think it just kind of gives you feels, you know? Mm-hmm. Kind of like soothing, like calming, you know? So let me see, what else do I have? Like I said, I like how the whole song kind of builds. And one example of... I think what's the the most powerful element musically in this is when they build up to the chorus because they the normal build up where you would expect it to to go into a big chorus this part here yeah well that's all he does he just says yeah and yeah. then it's just kind of this like soft instrumental part right yeah that it's almost like a bait and switch right like they yeah, pull you, that yeah you're expecting more you expect like a big moment where they go into like a big chorus or a big solo or something like that, and you don't get that. And it's almost like a bait and switch because then they do another build up into the chorus. And And it's bigger there. What I love about that is in a lot of cases, a lot of songs when they do a build up like that, they'll build up to the chorus and then the chorus will be like a higher note. Right. Right, so you build up to a giant yeah. crescendo to this big final note, um, and he doesn't do that. He goes down. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And when that chorus comes in, it sets that baseline. It's like that blanket feeling again that brings everything back together and tightens it all up. Interesting. Okay, because I wasn't even like, see, I, he's so vocal driven. I kind of don't even hear a lot of the music. Yeah, well, if you if way. you hear his voice with the backing vocals, and then the uh, you know the drums are are building up, and like everything is getting bigger, and kind of like it's almost like it's getting out of control, and then he brings it back into that chorus, and everything just lines up, right, right, really, really nicely, and it's very full and it's very tight, which I I really th- th- that chorus when you get the backing vocals with him singing that chorus. So just, much stronger too, the backing I just, vocals, right? I just it's like love the, the, the whole feeling choir that came it into gives the church you. at that point. What's that? It's like the whole choir came into the church at that point. Right. So um that actually is that's what I, I'm I'm working up towards is is the end because it lists like I said, the song builds and builds. And there is a moment where it kind of drops off, which I think is kind of cool. Right around two fifty five. You know, this song is pretty repetitive, so there's not a ton of different things to talk about. Right. So you hear this drop off again. Sing a song. Sing a song of And one thing that's interesting about that is that backing chorus, you know, they're just saying sing, sing. Mm-hmm. It, the first time they do it, here. Sing a song. Two. Sing a song of song. Right? Mm-hmm. They double that later on. So when they do that again, when he kind of cuts off like that, yeah. listen to the frequency. Sing a song. Yeah. Sing a song of song. Oh, interesting. So it's just so that's continu- building as well. It's continuing to build up everything, and when he goes back into the chorus around three forty-five, it is the biggest crescendo of the song that leads into that chorus and it's this is the moment like i said if you if you watch the scene this is the moment where they show the church again and everybody stands up and there's like it's a full church and it's just like it's the total crescendo of the whole scene 
Um, here you can hear it here. It's yeah, I've always really, noticed those strings. Yeah, it's yeah, really it's good. good. Yeah, and that's where everything comes in, and that—that's my favorite part—is when he when he does that final build up into that last chorus. I just I love it. I love the feeling. It just it's it's it it gets you inside. You know, it gets inside you, and just kind of like it's just a good feeling. You know, I hate I hate when we say oh I love the feel of this song because that's a horrible reason <laughs> yeah. to. You know, that happens all the time. Like, oh, why'd you pick this song? What do you love about it? You know, I just like the feel. Like, that yep. That doesn't really work. But for this song, that's, that's what it's all about. <laughs> but it does. <laughs> but it's true. It's I know. True. <laughs> I know. But it, it really, it, I think it's because of when I first heard it, it was when I saw this this show. Yeah. And the images are forever connected yeah. to it. And that, that's me. the whole thing is that you equate it with those images and stuff. Right. I equate it with, that's a really good song I haven't heard from Neil Diamond in probably... 30 years or whatever. And it might be one that I've, if I hear it on, you know, serious radio in the car, I probably would change it just because like, oh, I don't like that song too much. But I wouldn't listen to it in the same way, you know, that mm-hmm. I'm trying to kind of analyze it and listen to it now. Um, and I, you know, you remember like, wow, that really was a good song. That was good. good. And I, you know, it's funny. It just makes you, you think and really appreciate the people who put, and it's, I think it was Mike Flanagan is the, is the that's it. The, Mike Flanagan. Yeah. Cause I looked up while we, we were doing that. Um, when, when you're putting together a, a film or a, or a series or you know any kind of image like that you know when when you when you're shooting that like who's that the, who's the person you know whoever she was or whoever he was that went and found this song and said okay there's this song from 35 40 I don't know how long, how long ago the song was out from Neil Diamond that would fit really well with this scene mm-hmm. it's like Neil who what wait a minute we're trying to to you know get a contemporary audience here what are we going to do for a Neil Diamond song we want something right a little more you know and it works, you know. So it's really interesting been, to see the matchup of that. That literally could have been like the driver behind this entire episode, right? Like, yeah, I, so yeah. for anyone who's interested, uh, I'm currently in grad school and I'm studying creative writing with a concentration in screenwriting. And so I, I'm almost done with my first term. So I've been going like ten weeks, and it is a lot of writing. I've been doing a, a lot of writing, a lot of scenes, writing a That's lot of good, short stories. Because you're not busy at all. So I know, yeah. right? Uh, but I've been doing a lot of writing and and. I, you know, you get ideas for scenes or movies or something. And to me, almost every single thing that I write is inspired by songs that I know and love. Right. And so I'm thinking of like, oh, I'm writing the scene. Like, you know, what song would go really good over this would be like this song would look really, really? good. And so like I'm, I'm doing and I'm not even studying filmmaking. Right. Like I'm not going to be a director or anything like that. I'm not studying that. I just like to write. So. But that this is like what's going through my mind. So like I wouldn't be surprised if it even worked backwards where he heard this song and he was like getting some of these images in his head and he was like, this is how we're going to structure this episode so I can highlight that. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. know, Which came first, you know, chicken and the egg kind of thing. Right. Exactly. And if we can ever get in contact with Mike Flanagan, we could probably (laughs) find that out. With the plethora of of music that's out there, like, I mean, it seems it because you watched it and it affected you. And, you know, obviously we have a conversation about it, but like, how do you find the perfect song? And is this it? Maybe it was. Maybe it was the perfect song. And there could be a million, there could be a lot of other songs. Yeah. That you could do for this scene that would work really well. This is just happens to be the one that he chose and it it worked. I was always taken in by the the Sopranos use of music in that way, contemporary Mm -hmm. music, you know, Um, a lot of times um, classic rock stuff, you know, like, you know, obviously they use Journey in the last scene and everything else, but that just like, it fit in the background. Um, 
And then there's like, a lot you, of songs actually that are on my list for the show and songs that I've already done that I discovered through through movies. movies. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. Um, and I love, you know, I'm a big horror movie fan and I love when you do a really in like when when filmmakers use do a really intense scene with music that doesn't match it. I really like that too. Yeah, right. You know, uh, for example, you know, we we've talked about American Werewolf in London the the transformation scene where he's just in agonizing pain and he's turning into a werewolf for the first time and it's just right. this this it just looks so incredibly painful and it's just horrible and they're just playing like the old 50s slow version of blue moon over yeah. it, which is just so <laughs> it just doesn't match at all but it it works perfectly it because of the, right, the, right. the the whole feel of that movie I, so i and i go to like uh, in uh, goodfellas um which you know i watch every mafia movie you know the only thing i right. watch more than mafia movies are the uh, feel good sports movies um, yeah you know rudy yeah go uh, yeah those your, movies don't aren't, aren't they're kind of i know I know. The, the, you know in, the, the in, music that they choose, they're not very daring with. with no, but in, in uh, Goodfellas, um, they made really good use of Layla by Derek and Adomino's Eric Clapton. Um, when um, Robert De Niro's character was just wiping out everybody who was who associated with this big heist that they had. And he wanted to leave like nobody around, like all the guys that were still part of the, you know, part of the, the, the crew and, and part of the mafia. Like, mm-hmm. And it was just showed all these scenes all around the city of these people showing up dead. And Layla is just cranking in the and and again that's the, I think it was that's Scorsese. Oh, Scorsese, yeah, yeah. all good fellas, right? Yeah, and he, uh, I know he was a big, uh, he's a big uh, classic rock, you know, he's a big into music as well as stuff. So that seemed like it was perfect. And again, I think I saw an, uh, an article or an interview where it was just like I had the song and here's what I want to do over it. So the song drove the images, like you were saying. You know, it could have been that way too. And he said that's mm. exactly what he did. So it was really. If I was to that. ever make a film. I think that would be a big part of how I, Yeah, that would be part of like that. my process, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think I'll ever make a film. So <laughs> oh, cool. So, so you already told me what your favorite part was. Yep. I mean, you were kind of caught because of the imagery and stuff. So I don't know if it's a fair question, but you know, do you want to think about somebody else who would cover this or does it not even matter? It's more about the imagery of the, the um, song itself. Delta Ray. There you go. I'd love to hear Delta Ray cover this because yeah. their harmonies are so tight and I think they would just knock it out of the park. Yeah. I would say Lock and Poe, you know, mm-hmm. something like that too. Yeah, but you know what? Don't be surprised if you Google it or, you know, YouTube it, and they have. You yeah. know, I have a feeling this is a song. That they do a lot of covers. Covered. Yeah. They do a lot of covers. Yeah, just really interesting that, um, it, it, and it's funny because how you discovered it from this series that you watched and found it. And then you were so, I mean, for the last month, you've been so excited about it. Like, I can't believe this. I'm going to do this song. It's like, you know, I loved I, it. And then you've kind of. I loved kinda, it. You've kind of, you know, shaken up my brain of the old, oh, don't forget about this and remember it. So, that, you know, shows are two different generations and two different kind of approaches to music and stuff. But, um, right. again, makes, well, you, makes you appreciate it. For me, I, lo- I love music and I love stories, right? That's why I'm going to school for creative writing. Like, I mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. when there's a good story that is told really well. And mm-hmm. when you can use music to help you do that. Complement it, yeah. It hooks me deep and it and yep. i really really like this show i really liked but i loved it after seeing this scene for the first time oh really okay and it's not well, that it's... i love the song i mean the song is good i like the song and i listen to images. it on my spotify I listen you know I, I i do like the song very much but that whole package that was put together with that scene and the song and mm-hmm. the way it was used to move the story along made me fell in, fall in love with the entire series wow that's something huh 
And was this near the tail end of it? Was it the end of the series? Or was no, it it's like it? five minutes into the third episode. Okay, really interesting. Okay. I mean, this is before things go nuts, right? Like, yeah. this is like the high point, you know, when you're looking at story structure and you're in yeah. the second act and you got to build things up and things are starting to work out and like you're getting all these positive things happening before the big crash. <laughs> yeah. Interesting because when people see this episode come out and they see Neil Diamond and they see an OAR song, they're going to think, well, you know, who picked what? Like, oh, of course, Jim picked Neil Diamond and Sean went with the OAR. I don't know. You talk about OAR a lot. They probably won't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So cool. Anything else? We talked about trying to keep these episodes quick and we're we're going long, but. Yeah. Okay. So I'll I'll be quick on mine. Yeah. No worries. Um, So that's all I have for for mine. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you didn't know this song, I hope you liked it or found something that you can like or appreciate about it and if you i'm going to give one last recommendation for you guys to watch midnight mass on netflix um i'll check it out please do it because it's just a good story and you'll enjoy it and you'll be happy that you sat through eight hours of it. <laughs> <laughs> binge watch yeah cool i think katie watched it you should ask her what she thought of it too. yeah she said she liked it too she yeah. recommended that we watch it as well so yeah it's very good okay so cool. let's move on Okay. So So. you're doing Fool in the Rain, uh, Led Zeppelin cover by OAR. It's, uh, yeah, originally done um, 1979, I believe it was, released in 79. It was um, their last single, Led Zeppelin's last single. And um, OAR's covered it. They covered it um, with Robert Randolph kind of backing them up. Uh, in a single, but they, I'm choosing the the live version of it, which is longer, but uh, so much better. And going to talk a little more about what uh, what they bring to the table versus Led Zeppelin. And again, going to make a bold statement that's not going to be very popular, but going to stand by it. All right. Well, go ahead and uh, go to the playlist on Spotify or click the link in the show notes to it, listen to it on YouTube. It's on the Rise and Shine LP, which is a live uh, album. Uh, uh, oh yeah, it has a lot of live stuff, uh, yeah. but it's on the Rise and Shine one. Yeah. All right. Go ahead and listen to it. Come on back. We'll talk about it. All right. So here's what we got to do. We got to get Robert Randolph, Reverend Peyton. Oh, maybe John Butler in there too. Get them all together and just have this giant slide guitar battle. Yeah. Yeah. That would be (laughs) ridiculous. Can we just... Dear listeners, just listen to this slide guitar riff at the very beginning. Wow. That's good. All right. Yeah. This is your song. I won't take over. I just. <laughs> so it's really good. Makes you like remember, like, oh, that's how much I love Robert Randolph again. Yeah. You know, mm. go back and listen to his Yeah, Robert stuff. Randolph and the Family Band. Yep, his, his his couple more songs on uh, my list as well to do somewhere down the road. His, the bassist for that band is untouchable, out of control, good. Of, of his band, yeah, or, family or, band. Oh yeah, family band. I mean, Benji's good ben, too, but this guy ben, is like Benji's a great. slap yep. bass. He's out of yep. control. So a little bit about the song from from Zeppelin, because if you don't know, this is a song that that Led Zeppelin did, which sounds so counterintuitive of what you would think that Led Zeppelin would have done. It, 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 was, it, it was, sounds. It is their their least Led Zeppelin y song yes, ever. Yes. Um, never performed live uh, because the group didn't think that the sound would would come off well because it needed a piano. It was really important. 
and they only had limited personnel in the band. They didn't have a piano player. They didn't want to bring somebody in and stuff. And if if Paul, John Paul Jones was going to stop playing piano, that means it could be no bass, and they needed the bass because that's really important too. Um, there's also a, a twelve-string line at one point in the song in the guitar solo that had that had to be pulled off. He said that would be really difficult to do um, live. Live the middle part with the samba and everything comes in. He said that's a whole different thing that they could never do it. Jimmy Page used the regular. You're gonna understand this more than I am. He used regular distortion on the song as well as an obscure effect called a blue box, mm -hmm. which is a fuzz octave pedal. The mm -hmm. fuzzes or uh, distortion distortions. This fuzzes or distorts the guitar, then drops it down two whole octaves. Yeah, James Taylor's bassist has used this effect as well. I think uh, I think Jack White has, has used that a bunch too. Blue box brings it down two whole octaves. Really interesting. Okay, um, and you get the idea for the samba when he's watching the World Cup soccer tournament in 1978, which was in Argentina. He heard a lot of samba music when you know, when he was there, and it was the last Led Zeppelin song to chart. I think they hit number 21. I uh, didn't have a lot of singles, but this one was. Um, one of the one that was they wanted to have it for more popular appeal, uh, and they retired uh, a year later um, and broke up formally in um, 1980. So this was 1979 and it hit number 21. So the only the only other time it was played live is Robert Plant played it. I mean, talk about you know, well, who do you want to cover it? Played it with Pearl Jam. Um, mm -hmm. For a live benefit for uh, Hurricane Katrina. See, Pearl Jam is not a band that I would think to do this song. I could see Pearl Jam doing almost any Zeppelin song, but you, that, you like, should. That's not what I would think of. You know? Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, at the Yale, if you watch it, it, it is, is a really good, clean version of it on YouTube. Um, uh, they clean up the audio and everything is really good. But at the tail end of it, when he says, you know, Robert, when Eddie Vedder says, Robert Plant, everything else, they go into another Led Zeppelin song. So they must have been doing a bunch of them because he was mm -hmm. with them that night. Um, but they played it. It was pretty good. And with Robert Plant's vocals, I mean, I, again, just playing it live, I think you get so much more and you get so much more energy and it mm -hmm. kind of whole different feel stuff. It, it had all of the, the earmarks of what made the song great in 79 with some of the things that I think made it great from the way OAR did it because it had a lot more power and a lot more punch and, and the the um the Pearl Jam um Robert Plant version was really good that way. I will say this. Do you want me to say the controversial thing that you're gonna say? Well so you before you say that trouble? before you say that, I mean first obviously there's a lot to unpack on this song because it's it's all over the place and it's really interesting. Um and I think it was kind of gutsy to cover this song in the first place. From what we are, I mean, is this one? Of, is this song an untouchable? No, no, not if you're going to do Zeppelin. I don't think so. But, if but you it's say, such I'm a different. Cover a Zeppelin it's a song, they such say, a okay, different well, song. They say, okay, you're going to do Zeppelin. You better not do Stairway. You better not do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you make her? You know, like yeah, whole lot of whole lot of whole love. Lot of love. Yeah. Like almost every Zeppelin song is untouchable. Like that's the thing. I don't okay. think this one is because it's okay. so different from all their other stuff. Yeah. I, I, okay. And but because it, just, it matches it up really like well it, with their with OAR sound. Well, but if you were to say, okay, um, if Mark was to call you up and say, hey, Sean, just want to let you know we're going to come on your show, we're going to talk about this new song we're going to do, and we're going to do it with Robert Randolph, uh, we're going to do a version of Fool in the Rain by Led Zeppelin. You'd be like, are you kidding me? You would do that? You know, it just doesn't, you know, it, but it, but it, I think it, it works, you know, without question. So, but again, most Led I Zeppelin stuff. I wouldn't call this song an untouchable. You wouldn't, okay. There yeah. are Zeppelin songs that I would call untouchable. I guess Do Your Maker would not be untouchable. Yeah. Since uh, that's been sampled and, and used very well in some other pop yeah. songs recently. But like so, obviously Stairway, you're not even allowed to play in, in a music store. 
Thanks right. to Wayne's World. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, there there's a lot of songs by by Led Zeppelin that I think you just don't touch. Yep. I don't think this is one of them. I think this one okay. is fine. I think there's a lot of bands that could do really fun stuff with this song. Well, especially that middle part, the middle right. portion piece. So if you know the song from 79, um, it's one of them, and if you if you were a Led Zeppelin fan like I was back in the day, I mean, in 79 I was in college, uh, senior year in college, and this came out as like, this is really cool. I can't, this is awesome. And it, when that middle part hit it, it was even better. So it was kind of like, it was interesting, you know, it really kind of captured you. Um, it certainly wasn't as Led Zeppelin-y as you'd expect a Led Zeppelin song to be, but it, it still, it was really kind of cool to hear. But when you go back and listen to them side by side, if you go back and listen to the Led Zeppelin version after that, I would uh, encourage the listeners to do that. The the OAR vocals that Mark is singing, he sings with such joy. They're so much off. stronger. I mean, yeah, so much more That's powerful. That's what I want exactly. to say. I think this song, this cover of this packs so much more of a punch. And it does. The Led Zeppelin version, if you go back and listen to it, after hearing this version, that a little, version sounds very weak. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. It and sounds, I don't mean it's weak very as tempered. in like, lame bro like that's weak no i mean like physically weak like it doesn't have the strength behind it yep yeah it's more laid back it feels like it's more held back more tempered you know in the especially the vocals which again you know sorry robert plant but but although i think the drumming in the samba part um is pretty powerful in the original maybe a little better and sorry chris cool you know kulos on that and stuff but but overall and here here it is you want to say it together dare i say I, I think better. it's much better than the Led Zeppelin version. Way better. Yeah. It's way better. Yeah. yeah. yeah I never a, really yeah. listened to the Zeppelin version much. I knew it. I had heard it, but yeah. didn't really I encourage you to go back for and me, listen to it now. Because for me, Zeppelin is guitar solos and screaming lyrics and just, yep. it's, it's Zeppelin. Robert Plant, Jimmy Page. Yep. Yeah. Um, John Bonham. Yep. And that was just so, it was too, it just didn't do it for me. But yeah. this is this is way better. Yep. Come at me. Bro. And part of it is because I think, you know, the, uh, the, um, edition of uh, crazy slide guitar with uh, Robert Randolph. But I think a lot of it's Mark's vocals. You mm-hmm. know, he sings, I mean, and he sings it. He sings it with know, so he, much he, conviction. Yes. And he, uh, and, and the, the singles version is good, but the live version, it really kind of showcases that so much more. Yeah. I, I want to just really see shows. if we can get a little bit of that so people can hear what we're talking about with yep. the, the, the verses. Keep it going. There's okay, oh, keep it going. I hate to think I've been blinded, baby. Why can't I see you tonight? I can't I can't awesome. go. Uh, but I know. We'll get sued. I know. Um there's a confidence in his yes. vocals that is not there in the Led Zeppelin version. And I'm just gonna say it. It's yeah. There's much more confidence in this version in the vocals. They that you can hear, like yes. blatantly. And it's it's a similar tempo, you know, and everything else, but there's just so much more power. And part of it, you know, granted, maybe is it, it's live. Mm-hmm. And if you hear the Robert um, the version with with Pearl Jam, it's pretty it's pretty good too. It's it's a lot it's a lot more powerful that way. But this still this this kills it. Yeah. Um, and he's singing it he's singing it pretty straight up, you know, very 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 um, mm-hmm. kind of true to what the vocals yeah, were. Yeah, they don't really elaborate. He didn't go off on it a lot. And this, a and that is something that Mark does. If For anyone yes. who's not an OAR fan or doesn't know them very well or has never been to a show, um, one thing that he does First off, go. Often They're great. is 
he goes off the rails and he just starts rambling and he kind of starts, I think he makes it up as he goes, which is cool, like for a little bit, but he'll do it for like four minutes straight. Yep. And, uh, you know, that's something I think <laughs> that's it's, why I, I mean, think, it's a talent and he brings it back home really well. Right. Too, but right. Yeah, but that's right. why a lot, of, you know, if you get these live albums, a lot of the songs are like six, seven, eight minutes long because he does yep. that. He just goes, goes off and does what he, whatever comes to his mind. But, but he doesn't do that on this one, he surprisingly no, enough. He doesn't. You know? And it's an eight-minute like song. He, I expected it. <laughs> yeah. It almost like he, he puts the time enough into letting Robert Randolph kind of have more of the showcase and going off that way because it's an extended solo, the second part of the song. But like even at the beginning, which you just played, when he says, oh, baby. I mean, Robert Plant says that. Mm -hmm. And yep. then you know, at, at 126, if you can cue that up. And you wish I had So that hey is even in the original too. So mm -hmm. that it's like carbon copy for the for the most part. So he's even doing some of the little things that I'm sure that Robert Plant just kind of did in the studio. Probably wasn't on the lyric sheet at all. Yeah, you know. And it, well, dreams will come true. Hey, because that's you know, that's he, what adds to the feel of the song. It keeps the yeah, flow going. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like Bob Marley does a lot of that stuff, and you'll hear when people cover Bob Marley songs, they do those little vocal fills as well. Yeah, yeah. Just because I think that's a a missing element if you don't do that, mm -hmm. you know, which I, I really compliment him on. I, I think that's a, you know, I, 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 I think that's something that's important to, to kind of keep an eye on and make sure it's going to be authentic that way. Right. Um, but, you know, it's, it's obviously, it's a very good vibe. It's very laid back and all that stuff. Um, like you a like lot of feel? OER stuff. Is that what you, the horns, what do you I like think, about just this? Kind of, the feel? <laughs> yeah, the feels. Um, but, it, but it, no, I, I, I like the, the tempo and the music and the power of this one as much. Uh, I think the horns just bring so much more to the table because of it, because um, it's not just uh, Jerry playing uh, saxophone. He's got a full horn section behind him, too. And it's, it, they, again, so much more powerful than Led Zeppelin um, version of it. I remember the now, first again, show the I saw version. where they had a horn section. I've been, see, I've been going to see these guys since high school. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think I've seen them more than anyone else in... Probably. When we started going to their shows, it was just Jerry on saxophone, yeah. and there was no yep. additional one, one instrumentation. And now, I remember when they started adding horns, and then now they've got like a full horn section. Crazy. Right. Right. And these are accomplished horn players, too, that, you know, that are famous in their own right as well. Right. Um, and it just adds so much more to the, to the kind of feel, the feel and the mix of stuff. But the, the key is, is Robert Randolph. I mean, when he, he just kind of does a lot of different fills. In there, um, I, I marked one that I just one one oh five. You have that one? Nope. I can. try one oh five. Let me see if that's one you like. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's an easy. That's a quick slide though, up and down. <laughs> but but it it fills that it's that well hole placed. in between the vocals. Well placed. Yeah. No, yeah. the one that I had was at one fifty three. What? what? Yeah, that's with the whammy bar too, right there, or something. <laughs> oh no, he's just shaking it. I mean, you don't need a whammy bar with a slide. He's just. I know it's. He's sitting Crazy. Yeah. What? I love that. Um, and then in the middle of the song, which is obviously my favorite part, um, is is at two thirty, uh, and that's where it kind of kicks in with this whole samba feel. Which, if you know OAR, they can pull off a samba beat. No matter what, I mean, because they're so good, and, and you can just you can just see the whole band just kind of grooving on the on the stage doing this. Um, but they just bring it up to a whole different level that Led Zeppelin kind of didn't do, you know. And I, I, this is 
I, I honestly, as much as I like the song, this is the thing that probably drew me to the song when I heard it in seventy nine, eighty. Whenever I heard it, um, is is this part of the song? This you know, is uh, one of my middle. favorite parts too, actually. But I'll yeah. for something more specific. So oh, let's just play it so people can. Yeah, two thirty. And that whistle is is legit, just like the original. A bass fill right before that bass slide. Did you yes. hear it? Yes, I did. But it's the whistle, and yeah. I'm sad in this in this live recording they don't keep playing the whistle in the Led Zeppelin version and in the studio version of this song they keep yeah. that whistle going with the drum beat. And they're just blowing throughout that entire. That's very samba. That yeah, that's very South American music. Right, right. And I I just think that that is such a cool element when you when you hear it. It sounded a little weak in this version. It did. Yeah, it that's sounds true. like they kind of lost their breath or something. But um, <laughs> like whoever was supposed to do the whistle, like you did. Very do it as cool well. little additional element. Yeah, that that adds to it. And again, straight up for the original because the the whistle was in the original. But it did. You're right. It did continue. And that's why I think the the drums in especially the second part of um, the original around. Two and a half minutes in, um, were were better, you know the the samba drum mm-hmm. stuff like this. So there was a little little bit of a, a conflict in me to saying like well, that. Well, you that also part, I think was better. the the drums that are used in that type of music, you're not going to find on a regular rock drum kit. So right. um, you know you're not going to. They may have the in that original recording. They may have an actual setup that you would use in that type of music, and Chris may just not have that as part of his kit. So you're not yeah. going to get the yeah. same sound. You know, you're not going to get those really, really tight, small little toms. Um, although I think yep. he does have some of those because they do some of that sound when they do some of their reggae stuff. And it might have been someone else playing on the side as well. You know, right. Too, so. yeah. yeah. Yep. And then uh, 343, um, R- Robert Randolph starts off his his part af- after the, um, the samba part, he, playing pretty close to the, to the uh, Jimmy Page um, guitar solo. In um in the original, but then it was the old okay. The switch went off. It's like uh okay, my turn, and he just goes off and goes crazy. So the first part of his solo was kind of not laid back, but it's kind of predictable, maybe or something. And then he just goes crazy. You know, uh, starts at three forty three. Yeah, I know you can't play much because we don't want to get sued and everything. But, but then you know he takes it to another level about another minute and a half after that, and just goes crazy. And you can almost feel like the band would just be standing around on the stage, like watching this guy go after it. You know, it was yeah. probably one of those moments. And then five fifteen at the end, when the vocals kick back in and brings you home, um, I think it's just so so good. Cool lyrics too in this song. Yeah, we didn't we it didn't is. talk about yeah. the lyrics. We don't talk about lyrics too much lately, but um, right, cool lyrics right. in this song. If you if you want to look them up, they're 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 pretty cool. And the whole thing is the story is you know that uh, the fool in the rain was he's 
waiting under a street light for you know his his lover who um went uh, to another met they they were supposed to meet a certain time a certain place and she never showed so they either you know went to the wrong spot or he just got jilted and like you know here I am the I'm the fool standing underneath this this lamppost in the rain kind of thing so um, does it yeah, match very the cool. sound of the song yeah I know I know but but then you know in the middle of it he dances to the samba while he <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Like I found someone else, or I found a great diner with a with a deli sandwich. So I'm going to dance. I don't know. Who knows? It's uh, it's it's cool. It's a cool song. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and I'll say this: the, I, like I said, I've seen OAR lots of times, yeah. um, and they always pick cool songs to cover. And they do, and they're obscure songs. I I saw them do once in the middle of in the middle of one of their songs. They just started doing this groove, and I I don't remember who I was with, but we were like, "That's familiar. What is it? I don't remember what it's what's that song." I couldn't care about too many things. I know what I know. If you know what I, I mean, know what you mean. And, yeah. and he started doing that. And we're like, where did that come from? But they, yeah, yeah. they killed it. And it's like such an obscure song to cover. But well, the, and, and they just they they really they always pick cool songs. Well, I think that that's the talent of the musicianship that they can just kind of pull that stuff off. To I mean, I saw them do "Born to Run," which was crazy. Mm-hmm. You under know, pressure, I've like, seen them do under pressure. Right, right. You know that that's gutsy to kind of do some of those songs. Yeah, but it just seems like at the end of the song, when when the vocals kick in, I mean, Mark has the has the powerful lyrics as well. But it's also you can almost kind of feel like we just killed that one, and we just we just put together six and a half minutes of something that was epic, and and I'm singing over this to bring it home, and it's really going to be special. Yeah, that's the, the impression that like it, and you know, a joy like I think in the way he sings, I think I don't think they could do this without Robert Randolph. I, yeah, it, it, uh, I don't know. It wouldn't be the know. same. Yeah. I mean, it's nice fills and everything else, but um, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? You know, we, we'll never know that that version of it stuff, but um, but I, I still think that the lyrics, the delivery of the lyrics uh, and the music is so spot on and better than, than Zeppelin. Well, uh, um, and then the cherry on top, I think, is Robert Randolph. Right, so and, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I would diff, I'd beg to differ on that. I think they could still do it without it. And, and just have a kill Robert on solo in the middle of it, you know? so Mark's vocals in their recordings, especially early on, um, are not strong. Right. Kind of weak. Uh, I think this is why they've done so many live albums, because... You know, they always had trouble capturing the same energy and stuff that they get from a live show. And, like most bands, right. When he right. sings it live, any of his songs, there's so much more power and there's so much more passion in it. And if you listen to his early recordings, you can almost feel that there's, like, it's lacking that passion behind his vocals. Oh, confidence, maybe? I don't know. Well, I mean, they started in high school. Their first album was yeah. like, they were like yeah. in high school. So I'm sure there was a severe lack of confidence sure. back then. Sure, Um, And, you know, that's not the case with their recent albums. Their last three, four albums have not, that's not, has not been the case. But no, no. when you listen to their older stuff, it's not just that it was maybe a little bit more amateurly produced. It's that you could tell that the power is not, not there in the studio for them. Right. Um, right. And he brings out this different power when they're live. And you can really, <sighs> really hear it in this. He's such a good front man. He is. They just announced their tour, by the way, yesterday. I like saw that with Dis- Dispatch. Yeah, I saw that. I used to be really big into Dispatch. But... I think everybody was was when they were in college, probably. So it was cool to be into Dispatch. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. It, you know, it's kind of like Dave Matthews to an extent. It's just, like it was just cool to be into Dave Matthews, even if you weren't. Yeah, you know, <laughs> right? 
Right. Like you kind of like were uncool if you weren't into it. So like, yeah, I think there was that. That I think Dispatch had some of that incorporated. I think that would that would be a good double bill though. I think yeah, that, and they, I I can see them playing with each other, you know, on different songs and kind of coming back on stage and stuff. They're playing at um, Guilford up in New Hampshire and also in Boston. So in August, so it might be a fun show to take. Cool, but but that's uh that's my my song. I don't want to go too too late on this one too long, but. I just a lot to unpack. Very different song, and the controversial thing is, you know, I I think it's better than the original, and there's not many times you can say that. Well, especially know, on, with on a Led cover, especially with an iconic band like Led Zeppelin. Right. Yeah, I'd agree. So I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna get the haters out there and stuff, but so your favorite part is uh, that that uh, samba at two thirty. Yeah, yeah, without question. Um, and I don't know if I if it's when, fair to ask who you would like to hear cover when, a song that's already a when the cover? piano kicks in just before the samba. That and then it gets, but then you know the the um the percussion kind of kicks in. Oh, I love all that stuff too. I mean, I'm just dancing around the the the, the office with that kind of stuff. Hmm. Um, cover. After seeing Pearl Jam, I, I they they did a good job on it. I'd say. Um, I don't know who else. Um, I don't know who's a who's a good like jam band that could do it. Twiddle maybe. I I don't know. You know. Um, I just think you know it, you don't you don't want a band that is too Latin feel samba ish, mm. and you don't want one that isn't enough to be able to pull it off. So um, just that version of Jimmy Buffett, Girl Jam and Robert Plant was pretty cool. <laughs> who Jimmy Buffett? Jimmy. Uh, I don't know, maybe. Not this version. Maybe. They didn't cover the Zeppelin version. Yeah, yeah. No, I just, um, it's hard to say because it's such a very specific, different kind of song. Because it's two songs in one, really. Right. You know, you can almost take that samba piece out and it would be an okay song that way, but it just brings such a different element to it when, you know, Led Zeppelin kicks into this, like, this different beat in the middle of this song. Like, where did that come from? But it's awesome when you're dancing around in your car in 1979, you know, right. stuff. So, pretty cool. So, I don't know. Uh, I'd have to say probably Pearl Jam and, and Robert Plant just because I'm I'm wimping out and I I saw it already on a, on a uh, YouTube video, but I don't know. There's not I don't think there's a lot of bands that could pull that off. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. But anybody who who doesn't know, check out Robert Randolph as well. Mm. Robert Randolph and the Family Band. Yeah. What's that song that? I need more love. I need more love. Was his oh big song. I played that at one wedding. I went. I was playing at a wedding up in Keene, and the groom. And the whole the whole wedding, it was one of those things where like they were into music. It wasn't just like, oh, can you play Celebration and you know old time rock and roll? It's like let's play some really good music, right? And it might it might have been your friend Hannah from the uh, the aquarium. Oh yeah, I think it might have been her wedding, but because I, I know I did hers up in Keene as well. But and the guy just came up and said, you know, play a song that you would normally never. And this was a groom. Play a song you would never normally play at a wedding, but so good because this this group here today. We'll, we'll get it. And it's like, and that's like sometimes a trap, like, okay, great. Like there's that one guy that always asks for that song and no right. one else wants it kind of. And, it, and I said, are you sure? Like I've got a song and I happened to be listening to the, the Robert Randolph stuff in, at that time a, a lot. Are you sure? He said, yeah, absolutely. Let's go. Cause he, we had a lot of, we had, had kind of bonded and had a lot of uh, connections and, and conversations about music prior to the wedding. So it wasn't just the planning, anything else. We kind of, we kind of like, kind of became like blood brothers based around music and, and had similar interests and everything else. And he had some really, they had some really cool songs and, and especially the groom had some really cool things that he, he asked for. It wasn't just traditional, which I love those weddings, as you know. And I played that Robert Randolph thing and it just lit the place, the place like, like exploded, lit the place on fire. 
And one of those things, like, and in the middle of it, he and three or four of the other guys in the wedding party were like looking at me, like, "Oh my God, what is this? This it's, is the best." It's and, crazy good. You know, yeah, it's crazy yeah. good. And when you can get away with doing something like that and playing that, that's just like, this is a good night. Yeah. This is a fun night. <laughs> so Robert Randolph and the Family Band, really good. So, be- so. before we wrap up and and do all of our where we tell you to go visit all the all the websites and stuff, Spotify Rap just came out today. Yes. Well, how do you feel about your Spotify wrapped? Not surprising because I have to say that um, Spotify for me, a lot of times is background while I'm working. Yeah. And I'll just put on a playlist and sometimes, you know, especially if I go off to a meeting or leave my office, I mean, it's like continuing. Um, it'll be the same playlist over and over kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So no surprises. Um, had I known it was going to be something that I probably would have been a little more intentional about it. But yeah, pretty good. I'm not surprised. My number one's OAR. Yeah. You know, so. Mine is always funny because uh, the girls' like kids' music playlist is on my Spotify, connected to my Spotify. So I get like punk rock bands mixed with like Frozen, the Tangled soundtrack (laughs) and like My Little Pony. (laughs) It's just. Or the Sing soundtrack, which is good. Yeah. yeah, That one's, that was actually, it's pretty good. Um, But this year was like all punk rock all the time for me and i i don't know if it's because i started playing guitar more and i was just playing a lot of that music and immersing myself in that music a lot but yeah against me was my top and then i think it was green day and the gaslight anthem yep and i would have thought horrible crows and gaslight and everything else but you don't you don't only listen to what you like you always want to try to find something new anyway yeah and i think you know, you know. I, I i listen to a lot of i was trying to learn a lot of against me songs on guitar this year and so i think it's like just repetition because i would play a song like six times in a row, like the first 40 seconds right. of a song six times in a row while I'm trying to learn it, you know? Like, so I think, right. I think it was a little suede, but um, they are by far one of my favorite bands. So I'm not, I wasn't surprised they were up on that right. list, but yeah. Yeah. I think, and, and my, what was your favorite song? What was your number one song? Was it against me? Song? It was against me. It was a song called white people for peace. And that's one that I was trying to learn because I liked the guitar riff in the beginning of it. So did you, did you see what mine was? Was it this one that we did today? <laughs> no, no. The Gin Blossoms, Hey Jealousy. Really? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. This, for some reason, that came up a lot, and I like huh. that. I put it on a bunch of different- Wow. On a, on a, on a different list and stuff. Just, I, I like that song a lot, and I liked it more after we saw them. Hmm. You know, uh, I know you didn't have the, the greatest experience with them, but I love that song. And I, I really like a lot of the Gin Blossoms stuff. I'm kind of getting into a lot of the Gin Blossoms and- Google Dolls and 90s Matchbox adult contemporary like back 90s stuff like that. I like, oh, because I missed that stuff back then because I was working so much and you know didn't really pay attention. But I, I like a lot. I like I saw Thompson Google Dolls Google. live, they were really good. Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet they were really um, good. I had like seventh yeah. row tickets. I was right up front there. <sighs> oh, I remember that. That's right. That's, That's right. Cool. You got them from somebody at work, right? Uh, the, the aquarium. The aquarium. So right. A parent of one of the campers at the aquarium gave me tickets because they worked for Bank of America and they weren't able to go to the show. So I had like yeah. VIP tickets. Sweet. That's yeah, cool. Sweet. Yeah, and um, it, big into Rob Thomas lately, and Rob Thomas just covered a, a really good um, version of um, "He's Looking at You, mm-hmm. Kid" by uh, I sent you that, Anthem, which yeah, which is so good. Yeah. So I've been listening to that a lot as well too. That's a great um, song. And then the High Kings. I listen to a lot of Celtic music, you know, during the different times of the year and stuff. So yeah, my my genre top five list was like it was like punk rock, rock and roll, classic rock. Celtic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Yeah. That's pretty similar. Yeah. So. Kind of funny. Yeah. It was interesting though. It was really good to see. And 
it was nice. We had a couple of people on some of the uh, the websites that we have the social media stuff say, you know, my my number one podcast was YNL too. Yeah, I actually cool. got some stats from that. I I don't have them offhand, but uh, I think it said seven or eight people listened to this podcast more than any other podcast. Wow, awesome. like that, like we were their top podcast. So nice. That's pretty cool. Nice. Uh, we yeah. had like a two hundred percent listener increase or something this year, which is pretty cool too. So. Most mm-hmm. of our listeners listens come on come from Spotify, not Apple Podcasts or any other. So, right, which is yeah. very different. My other podcast that I have for work is all you know, huge percentage from Apple Podcasts and a lot less on Spotify. So, it's, which is more competition on Apple versus Spotify? Or? No, I mean, most so shows are on all platforms, both. right? If you set it up yeah. right, but just depends on like my my other one is an industry focused podcast. So, oh right. Right. You know, it might just be that the people that are in my industry use Apple Podcasts more than Spotify. This one is a music centric podcast, so music people may use Spotify. I would tend more, to be you on know? Spotify. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. listen to podcasts on Spotify. I just I use Pod Hero. I have a couple friends that work for Pod Hero and uh I really like that app. So Yeah, okay. I've never heard on that. I listen to it on Spotify. Yeah. Yeah, my top three were this this one, just because I listened to us, just to make sure it went well and everything else, and get references and then try to tag people. Get that stuff. extra download. <laughs> yeah, for that too, yeah. Um, and uh, Barack Obama and Springsteen yeah. and uh, Jesse Jackson, um, Springsteen one that we were on. Is that Lusting Bruce? And yeah. uh, an Irish history one. Those are my top four, I think. Cool. Podcast. Yeah, so interesting. Yeah, it was good. Cool. It was good to see other people. Are kind of listening and, and, and continue to listen. Yeah, you know, we so really appreciate it, that. Like I yeah. said, I know it's not consistent. I know it's not as frequent as frequently as some other shows or, or as frequently as we would like to do, but, you know, doing our best and we, you know, we do this when we can. Um, yep. We appreciate everybody that listens and, and, and engages with us on, on social we're media. We're going on three years now? Yeah. This is yeah. year three. A lot of podcasts would have folded by now. Yeah. So. I mean, we didn't do, we only did like 11 episodes up to year to date uh before this one so we're gonna be looking at like 13 episodes for the year so like i said about an episode a month but that's you know not bad yeah not bad yeah. i want to remind everybody that we do have a discussion group on facebook if you just search the name of the podcast you'll find the discussion group our friend joy was nice enough to to build that group for us and uh you can go there and talk about whatever musical opinions you have just like we say don't be a dick just be nice be respectful yeah. and just drive good conversations and, and share good music with people. Um, also, we are on Twitter and Instagram at YNL Podcast. You can see some of our shenanigans there, see some pictures and videos from shows that we go to or funny music memes that we share and stuff like that. And uh, you can also connect with us through Twitter that way. You can, If you want to send us a message or connect us with any musicians that you think would be good guests for the show, stuff like that. If you want to tell any famous musicians that they need to be on the show, you can tag us there. Please do at YNL podcast. And yep. lastly, we have a, a Patreon and a Teespring store. If you love the show and you think you want to help us create more, you know, maybe we can find time to do more episodes if it's, you know, monetarily worth it for us. Um, yes. <laughs> if you want to support the show uh, with, with a few dollars, you can go to our Teespring store and buy some swag, get some shirts and stickers, mugs, stuff like that. Um, it helps or, us go, keep going too, because it does expensive to do this. So. Yeah, it, this does cost us money. Um, yeah. Or you can go to our Patreon page and and you know make a monthly contribution of two bucks a month or five bucks a month, whatever you think. 
and we'll we'll start pumping out some extra content on there if we can. And the most important thing is we're also member of the family uh, of Pantheon Podcast. That's right. I do. I forgot to say it in the beginning. I'm very sorry about that. Yep. We are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Uh, and if you do like this show and you love music, go check out pantheonpodcast.com and you can find a lot of other really good music-related podcasts that you can enjoy and learn from and just add to your list of uh, subscribed podcasts, which you should be doing with ours, by the way. Make sure you subscribe yep. so you're not listening. Yep. And I think cool. that's all I got. I mean, I'm sure I'm forgetting something, but uh, thank you so nah. much for listening. We really appreciate it. Get excited about our Christmas special coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. Remember to stay hydrated, listen to good music, and don't be a dick. We will talk to you next time. See you, folks. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.